Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jada, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen. Salutations. We're back. From where? Uh... (laughs) Did we leave? We never did. <laughs> uh, we we are back in the studio, in our studio, in beautiful downtown Alpharetta, Georgia. Awesome, Alpharetta. And, <laughs> get out. No, get, get the fuck are, Have you out. never heard get the Alpharetta out. song? Please. There's a real song. I know. <laughs> I know. There's a song. How much did it cost? I can't remember, but I know exactly who commissioned it. I bet you do. Probably a fam- <laughs> family member, perhaps. I don't know what you're talking about. As your about. attorney, yes. I advise you <laughs> anyway, to stop talking. M. Emmett Walsh stars in. <laughs> George went. It was Gina all Mars. his fault. Where did he go? What? He went to Cheers. I, I know. Jason, uh, I have a question. What ever yeah. happened to Gina Davis? Aww. She used to be in movies, but she's not in movies anymore. <laughs> I, know, I was actually thinking that when we were watching. I Welcome to, to the show, here. everybody. And Hello. today... Uh, on hindsight is horrifying. We are going way back to the greatest decade of them all. The yes, first indeed. half of the greatest decade ever, the 1980s, with a Chevy Chase. Uh, actually, it's Chevy Chase, uh, his favorite movie out of all the movies he's done. Of course, it is. It it's was, a real treat. Yeah, it we was are, Chevy Chase starring as Chevy Chase. Yes, <laughs> we are watching Fletch. Wow. And um, this I, is a Mr. I, Mitchell pick. Yeah, this was my pick. Uh, so this one's all on me. If you if you don't like it, uh, you know, uh, it was after. Right in, tell me. It was after he took the severe blow to the head. Uh, oh, he's yeah. got a scratch on his face for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't see it. Said the wrong thing. Yeah. At, the, at the household. Mm-hmm. No, I wish. Uh, no, I was actually in my workshop. I was looking for a piece of scrap wood, and oh. I'm, so I'm I'm digging through a bunch of you know like just sawed off two by fours and stuff like that. And there That's was a piece story. of wood up here. And I didn't realize it was right there. And I tilted, I tilted my head up, and it, it, it it's actually okay now. It tilted was like, your head up and got a face full of wood. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's not the first time it's happened to me. <laughs> it's actually a fairly common occurrence. It's just it's a risk that you just assume whenever you live a sort of life I live. You're a strong, yeah. independent woman who don't need no man. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So Needs and want are, are two, two different, different things. things. What's the movie about? Okay, it actually has a fairly long synopsis, considering. Uh, Well, it's based on a book. That's true. So I guess it really delves into the book a little bit, too, because I don't agree with all of the synopsis, which is, a veritable chameleon, investigative reporter Erwin Fletch Fletcher, Chevy Chase, might drive his editor, Richard Libertini, up the wall, but he always produces great pieces for the newspaper. He runs over a few mimes. He smashes into a few cop cars, but he gets results. No, but uh, so when his next story is about the drug trade taking place on the beach, Fletch goes undercover as a homeless man. Unaware of Fletch's true identity, businessman Alan Stanwyck, Tim Matheson, offers Fletch $50,000 to kill him. Mm. Intrigued. Such a great, such a great setup. Fletch decides to unearth the full story behind the offer. Yeah, this is a movie, uh, it's based on a book. Um, it is indeed. Which surprises a lot of people because they think it's a Chevy Chase comedy based on a book. Yeah, a book well, by the same name by Gregory McDonald. Yeah, and, and first of all, it's not a comedy. No. It's well, a, it is No, in my opinion, it is a comedic detective movie. Because it is a detective movie. I mean, it, it genuinely is a, it's not even a whodunit because it's not even a murder. It's, it's really, you so, could have. It's like Columbo, but with Fletch. Yeah. Mormons. Yeah. yeah. You, you could have take you could take the exact same movie, put Robert Redford in it, and take the jokes out, and it's a straight up detective movie. I want to see this with Clint Eastwood skating on the beach as bum Jesus. That's what I want to see. <laughs> well, actually, um, you look the most like Clint Eastwood of the three of us, Mister Brown. Why can you do that for us? Go skate ahead, around man, as I bum did. Jesus. I'll do it. I just can't spin the way he does. He's actually a good skater. Fletch. In real life? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. Fletch, not Chevy Chase. Got it. Uh, the the author uh, had complete control over one aspect of the movie. Which and is? Casting. Yes. Oh. And there were two people who were in the running before yes. Chevy Chase. I have, and you and Well, go ahead. Guess. Yeah. Why don't you enlighten the audience? 
Uh, so I'm going to let you guess on the first one, Mr. Oh, my goodness. Mr. I no, can't guess that stuff. Oh, come on. Is he a comedian? John Belushi. I was going to give you some hints. Okay. That would be uh, that would have been better, but I think he was dead by now. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're right. In 85, he was already dead. Yeah, he was. I think so. Uh, so McDonald rejected both of these actors. One of them is in a movie that we've done, and he has a pretty epic mustache. Tom Selleck? No, close. When have we done a Tom Selleck movie? I don't yeah. know. It would be it would be um, senior memory has failed. I know. No, it would be a Smokey and the Bandit. Yes, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt so Reynolds. McDonald rejected uh, Burt Reynolds, and you'll never guess this one. Yeah, this one was a surprise. Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> what? Before agreeing on Chevy Chase to play the title yeah. role, Mick Jagger would have been legitimately terrible. Yeah, I mean, what? No offense. <laughs> Burt Reynolds would have been okay. I've never seen Mick Jagger in anything besides, you know, shorts on maybe Sesame Street or his own no, music he was, video. He, he was in, what was that What was that science fiction movie I'm he was in? I'm not saying he hasn't um, done them. I'm saying he, I haven't seen it was work. It was horrible. Oh, it yeah, was it was terrible. in the 80s. Yeah, it was an 80s science fiction movie. Emilio uh, Estevez was in it. Oh, yeah, God. it's like, I... Let's find out. I And it's funny because in my, in my head, I keep thinking of the Tom Selleck movie, um... With the spiders, with the robot spiders. Um, I can only look up so many things at once. Jim. I know. Runaway, escape, something like that. Mick Jagger, Free Jack. Free Jack. Free that Jack. Was, that was it. Nineteen ninety-two. Now, now, whoa, that was ninety-two. Yeah, but oh, that's so weird. It's so weird how the memory does that. Oh, there's the car, the Jaguar XJS, a a twelve-cylinder V. V, yeah, V12. V12. Yeah, V12. Uh, with uh, a force. A four, four sp- yeah, Runaway. That's <laughs> it. It's Tom Runaway. Yeah. The movie with the arañas. Which is funny because in an episode of Community, Pierce lied and said that his brother was killed on the set of Runaway yeah. by one of the spiders. And I don't think he calls it Runaway, though. He's just like, you know, that, that Tom Selleck movie with, <laughs> with the spiders. Spider. <laughs> yeah. If you've never seen that movie, by the way, seriously, do yourself a favor. It's free on Prime. It's. <laughs> It's, uh, they really try. And it's directed by Michael Crichton. Oh, nice. written Written by Michael Crichton and directed. Very nice. So, yeah. um, but anyway, Fletch. Yes. Now, yes. I picked this movie because I love the 1980s, and I love Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. And after we watched the visual abortion uh, Coneheads last oh, week, yeah, um, I, I, I needed a good- <laughs> Cleanse. Palette, yes, I needed- Cleansing? Yes. I needed some sorbet. Yeah. So I thought, what is a great- 80s movie and I was driving around um, and I had my uh, one of my Pandora stations on and for some totally random reason it played uh, Harold Faltermeyer's uh, theme from Fletch and I was just driving <laughs> around listening to it and I was I had a smile on my face and I thought that's it let's watch that, Fletch. yeah that's it that's the movie lovely so uh, we see Otter our oh. uh, link to Animal House yeah uh, Tom Matheson Tim. Uh, Tim, Tim sorry, uh, Tim Matheson. And yeah, I've literally only seen him in two other movies, uh, one of which is Animal House. The other is... Who was Otter's brother? Brother. His brother? Who was Otter's brother? Was it Amadeus? I don't know. No, an a- Animal House. Yeah, that's what... Flounder. I'm... Oh, Flounder. That oh, was his, his brother? Oh, his house brother, not his real brother. Yeah, yeah, the, they were they're the frat brothers. Okay, oh. yeah. But his when real... you said brother, I thought there was going to be some deeper trivia. Well, there is actually a connection. Uh, there's a brother connection, though, because, and I can't remember the name... But later on in in the movie, when Fletch is at the award ceremony, mm-hmm. um, and yes, also Animal House connection. Yeah, the name of the guy, yeah, is um, I can't remember what his name was. Let's just <laughs> Brad Dorf. I know. Why am I Brad thinking Dorf. Brad Dorf? I don't know. But no, but and, and the name is oh, a, Chevy Chase was a, supposed to be Otter, apparently yeah. in Animal House. Yeah. I didn't know that, but uh, Fletch has another Animal House connection. Uh, and this is from Mental Floss. The banquet that Fletch interrupts is being held for Fred Dorfman, the brother of Kent Dorfman, a.k.a. Oh. Flounder, one of the frat brothers from Animal House. Yes, that's so, it. Yeah. Beautiful. But the only other movie, before I was so rudely interrupted, that I've ever seen Otter in is Van Wilder, where he plays Van Wilder's dad. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. I haven't thought about that movie in oh, I love that since, movie. since the day I saw it, I think. Write that down. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Chevy Chase is now being approached. Groomed. Yes, he's being groomed. groomed as a murderer. Sure, <laughs> oh, to be a murderer. I like come it. Come on, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a show on Investigation Discovery. <laughs> groomed to be a murderer <laughs> next week. <laughs> 
He was a 16-year-old student. She was a hot teacher. Oh, oh my God. That's all of Investigation. <laughs> That's in every single and... episode of every show on that channel. Ew. Uh, no, but I noticed something in this scene where Tim Matheson is soliciting Chevy Chase to murder him later in the week, you know, on a Thursday when everyone's out of the house, including yeah. his wife and the help. But Chevy Chase, I noticed there's a link to uh, Christmas Vacation because in this movie as well, Chevy Chase is staring out of, mo- uh, out of a window at a pool having yeah, a fantasy that's true. about a hot woman. Christmas Vacation, yeah. Yeah, he dreams yeah. up that pretty lady in the bathing suit. Oh, wait, yeah, no, he, he, he does the pool thing in, va- he does it in Vacation also, though. That's what I'm saying. No, that's he does the, it in the first one and Christmas Vacation. Okay, then he just does this yeah. in a multitude It's of his movies. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like the whole, you know, thing where he looks at his at his wrist. You know, oh, <laughs> geez, I got to go. Um, there were, oh, uh, the gun uh, in this scene where they're introducing the whole plot, which we mm-hmm. which we should summarize, uh, is... I, I already uh, did the synopsis. Smith, well, Smith the, the plot, though. Oh, okay. Smith & Wesson 357 Magnum, much like one carried by a certain... Starsky and Hutch? Well, maybe. I was going to say Murtaugh. Yes. Oh, I'm getting too old oh, for this. Oh, man. Yeah. Murtaugh. So the whole crux of the movie is uh, you have an investigative reporter who is at the beach and he's trying to find the source of the drugs. Very 80s storyline. Find the source of the, the drugs. The heroin. <laughs> right. Yeah. It wasn't the heroin, despite the fact that this was one of those typical 80s drug movies. Yeah. Because it was always heroin in the 80s. That was the big, bad voodoo daddy cocaine. of all drugs. Yeah. In this Co- case, it was cocaine. Blood. Yeah, which is weird because they call it junk. And junk is heroin. Yeah. I don't but th- no, but you're right. No, you're totally correct. It's usually yeah. heroin, but um, um, we're splitting poppies here, guys. Yeah. Come on. Horse <laughs> junk, yeah. you know, whatever. I like that. <laughs> it's right off the top of my head. Anyway. Nice. Yes, thank you. I that was one. awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh worthy of the uh, <laughs> uh, No, um he's going to be shucking go. poppies all night now. So, you have this reporter who's down there trying to find the source of of the drugs. And he's approached by rich man because again, it's the 80s, you got to have a rich villain who says, "I want you to murder me because I have bone cancer. It's eating me <laughs> up." Cancer. And how is it eating him up? <laughs> bit by <I> bit. bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. It's the song in the movie and he says it. Yeah, uh, anyway. Well, yeah. But so he says, "Cancer is eating me up bit by bit and I don't want to go through that." And I can't kill myself because my company's got a life insurance policy. Right, so I right. want you to murder me. And Fletch says, okay. okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. He just sort of runs along with There's it. There's a story here. Yeah, but what is he? Yeah, exactly. There's a story. Here. And there, therein lies the... Let's get to my hunch. Why does this guy want me to murder him? Right, right. So he saddles up with another story, despite the fact that he's in the middle of the drug story, which, oh my God, surprise, surprise, yeah. <laughs> There's he's a tie. tied up. And in the book, that wasn't the case. They were totally separate. I was going to ask you yeah. some questions about the book. For instance, with Gina Davis, who used to be in movies. Larry. not in movies anymore. Larry, yeah, that's my question. Is there more of a backstory to I don't her remember. and I why honestly, her name is Larry? I honestly don't remember. One of the worst names ever. No, Larry's actually a really great name for the cute girl in the office. Why? It's a really great, because it's, it's radar. Mm, it's different. It's, 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 girl, it's, girl, okay. it's girl radar. She does do all of his homework for him. Yeah. That, that, okay. You know. And what there's else? no love interest. It would appear she wasn't jealous at all. Right. Well, no. Not sort of, at all. They sort of paint her as the love interest for a little, or like a little bit of a girlfriendy <laughs> side piece for a minute because he makes little comments to her throughout, and he's like, "I love your body, Larry," when he's I, signing off the phone or whatever. I but. I think she's more like Money Penny. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's you know they don't have much of a section. He hits on her, but she, she doesn't respond in any way. Well, Money Penny. I think Money Penny and Larry both would like to bang. Mr. Bond. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Yeah, but I'll take Daniel Craig over Chevy Chase any damn day. <laughs> My God. Well, that's particularly not... current. Yeah, I was going to say, especially <laughs> if you're talking about current times. <laughs> um, oh, Abed. She's just scratching his back. Literally, and he's and on a microfiche machine. I know, isn't that funny? Do you, you know, know what it's that is, 1985. Jane? Yes, I do. Actually, that's how you used to look at newspapers. Mm-hmm. How do I search? Where do I where do I type to search for the things that I need to where's, find? Where's the Google? <laughs> what if it did happen to Gina Davis? <laughs> uh, she was actually on Grey's Anatomy for a bit. Now uh, I'm already bored. That was several seasons yeah. ago, though. So uh, you don't really see her anymore, though. You're well, right. She's an Earth girl. That's not so easy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Not ever since Jeff Goldblum got a hold of her. My God. But wait, are we talking about Death Wish? Oh, you're the- <laughs> Did he do that to her? Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, you should be ashamed of yourself. Take banana. Anyway. So Fletch I and- hate uh, so much you hate about us. the things that you're <laughs> 
Jeff, I still love you. I know better. There is a M. Emmett Walsh. Oh, and he gives him quite a yeah moon an, an ex- river an exam. <laughs> well, this scene. Teddy Chase must get nervous on airplanes. <laughs> yeah, this uh, that was just for Adam. You don't even know what yeah, I'm talking. I about. do not. <laughs> I don't. But I'm used to that. So this uh, this scene, uh, Chevy Chase goes to the doctor's office. The doctor uh, of the wealthy person, Stanwick, who's hired him to kill him, trying to find out does he really have cancer. Right. And it introduces this concept that Fletch just waltzes into places, bullshits people, lies about who he is, and And gets the information. He's not really, I disagree with their description in the synopsis where it's like a veritable chameleon. Okay, he's got a few decent disguises in this movie. One is, uh, you know, skating Jesus, then dressing (laughs) up like a doctor, but he just throws on some scrubs and it's like, okay. Uh, yeah, he's not a chameleon. He's, no, a, bull- he's, he's a bullshit artist. Yeah, he literally just jibber jabbers people into confusion and just talks nonsense until they're tired of pulling at the thread to figure out who he is. What, what was the name of the doctor he played? I can't remember. Doctor Rosen Rosen. <laughs> he kept changing it. Oh yeah, Rosen Schnitzel. Yeah. Rosen Rosen Tingle. And he gets away with uh, it. You get some Pierce vibes from Community in this because Chevy Chase gets away with some. <laughs> Some pointed racism in this movie. Like well, uh, when he first goes to Matheson's house and one of the uh, cleaning ladies is like, hola, buenos dias. And he's like, oh, pup and taco. And like just walks right past. Tierno Fuego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does a couple of. Uh, That's not things. racist. He doesn't speak Spanish. He's just throwing out some Spanish words. He's just, he's just well, gibberish. And then when they put him in the cell later, he starts singing Swing Low, yeah. Sweet Chair. Because that's just, what you do when you're in jail. Oh, I would have done that. Yeah, you yeah. got to do that. And if you well, have the cup, you, just like Chevy you've, Chase. Got, you've, no. got, you've got to take the cup and, and slide it across the bars like that. Uh, I liked speaking of community. I like to think that every Chevy Chase movie that I liked was actually a part of Pierce Hawthorne's life so that like, you know, he's got, you know, Pierce has got this incredible backstory that we just never knew about because he was he was Clark Griswold. He was Fletch. He was others. (laughs) (laughs) Spies like us. Guy. He was Ty. Yeah. Ty. Ty. That's good. Yeah. He was. Sodomized by a doctor yeah. here in Sodomy. a very entertaining way. Using the whole fist, doctor. Oh, ouch! Oh, the time, doc. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, the only other person I could think of that I would I would have been happy to see play Fletch. Um, Bill Murray could have. I was done about it. to say Bill Murray would have been. A great Bill Murray could have done it, but I think Steve Martin. Yeah, um, I think he could have. Yes, because Steve Martin has that same ability to just. Be funny, do in, silly stuff, and yeah, in a very structured way that yep. looks like it isn't. And it would have um, been a little bit funnier because Steve Martin is even more distinct looking. Like Chevy Chase is just—I mean, he's tall, but he's kind of an average-looking, you know, brunette guy. Whereas, <laughs> like Steve Martin has this shock of white hair, where it's like, how is he blending in anywhere? Right. So that would have added an extra layer of funny, in my personal opinion. And yeah. was that was that racist that every doctor started with Rosen? <laughs> a little bit. It's I an observation. At one point, doesn't he say something like Rosen Jew? I think he actually <laughs> probably said to that effect. But. It was the '80s. You know, things like that would slide. These these are jokes that How were. How did such a dismal decade ever produce such a marvelous human being? My God, I ask you. Anyway. I think you flipped around some terms there. Yeah, yeah. How could uh, such a marvelous decade? <laughs> yeah, there. Produce such a absolutely wonderful lady. Yeah, yeah. You sit closer to her. I know exactly. I'm with, within reaching distance, within striking range. He's already been stricken once this evening. He's not going for twice. No. Was, um, so the movie, and you know, um, you, Darth, obviously have not seen it. I had never seen Fletch. Actually, I knew oh, yeah. of its existence, uh, but it it was one of the few Chevy Chase movies that I just haven't seen for goodness knows what reason. I don't think. You said it was a wild success. I don't remember people talking about it. It's oh, it was not yeah, it was, it was a success. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it, it they made a sequel and it had a bigger budget. It had a lot bigger budget. No, I believe you. Yeah. It's just that for whatever reason, when I was growing up, I didn't hear people talking about it. So it's not like, oh, I heard about Christmas Vacation and all the vacation movies. You hear about those. You hear about um, not Animal House. You hear about um. Caddyshack, Caddyshack. and uh, those are the typical ones that come up with Chevy Chase's name, but I never, I mean, I knew he was in Fletch. Like I said, I knew it existed, but it wasn't like, oh, you gotta see it. Is this his first, like, solo project where he is, like, the star, (sighs) star, star? Because it was kind of like Bill Murray and Scrooge. Was this his first 
Yeah. Um, on his own? I, it was I, ensemble in Caddyshack for sure. Yeah, he was definitely ensemble in Caddyshack. Or, or one of the vacation movies first. Because that I was, think the vacation I think the first vacation movie. Yes. Both had yes. First vacation You're right. movie was first. His first vacation yeah. was in nineteen eighty four. And I, even that yeah, is still I somewhat ensemblish, but it's still wrote. Yeah, but he led the part. movie though. Yeah, yeah he was so, top bill. He I was, would say that this yeah. is more of a starring role though, because it relies more heavily on him. At least with the, the Griswold family, you've got the you know, he gets to play off the wife and the son a little bit. Everybody's got their comedic moments. Yeah. Whereas everybody around here, they're just they're just props for Chevy Chase to yeah. use. Like even the the love interest, the girl that he does wind up with, she's Oh yeah, she's in there just she's as, pointless. Yeah, she's, she's eye candy. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you know, I, I she needed to be there. She did actually provide some sort of motivation for different things. So I mean, it, it worked for me, but yeah. Um and I I I think maybe one of the reasons why it didn't get the same level of like cult following and and talk about itness is because again, talk about itness is yeah. that a coin term? Yes, it's a it's a neologism. Ooh, uh-huh. raise the pinkies. Yeah. <laughs> big words. Yeah, um, big words. I think because it is a detective movie, it's it, it it to me it's it's right in there with Beverly Hills Cop. Well, the music certainly is. That helps a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Harold. Uh, Walter Meyer did both of those. Because no joke, hindsiders, Jason listens to this soundtrack in his car. It's great. <laughs> Look, if you listen to Her- Harold Faltermeyer, you get Fletch, you get Axel F from mm-hmm, Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. and you get the Top, Top Gun, Gun. Top Gun yep. anthem, which is fantastic. Uh, but, but no K-Log. No, no K-Log. Um, actually, it, Pandora does throw K-Log in there if you really? listen to those three. That's yeah, <laughs> No, you get a lot of K-Log. Love it. <laughs> but it was funny you walking down the, the hallway with your iPhone strapped on, playing the theme song. <laughs> yeah. A Fletch as he's moving from room to room. Because, it's great. Because, and I've got I've got an internal monologue going on. You know, it's be, great. Because Jason did tell us off camera, Hindsiders, that that would be his theme music uh, yeah. if he oh, could yeah. choose it. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Brown, what would be your theme music if you had any to choose? Well, why do you put me on the spot like this? I would because be... it's fine. Uh, but are you doing the Bionic Man or Chariots of Fire? I was about to Could be either. Okay. Depending on the situation. I think if it's not Fletch, it would be Music Box Dancer. I flubbed it. I was about to say. I flubbed it. Flubbed the line. Can you do a sample for those younger hindsiders who don't know what the hell you're talking about? No, they need to look up Music Box Okay, fine. It's a great. We challenge you. Yes. Get on your devices and look it up. That's a great song or a great piece. Um, but no, uh, so I think that there's, in my mind, there is sort of a, a spiritual connection between Fletch and Beverly Hills Cop because they're both fish out of water. I mean, Fletch isn't really a detective, but he is. Right, you know? right. Um, He's an absolutely. investigative journalist. Yeah. Um, and they are legitimately trying to solve a mystery. And, and that's really the bulk of the movie is is this mystery. That's the thread that goes through. Every action is based on that, but you've got, you know, Eddie Murphy or Chevy chase, and they're just doing all this comedy stuff. Cause that's what they do. That's what they're good at. Yeah. But I think Beverly Hills cop was a little more serious. It wasn't Eddie. Eddie Murphy was kind of pranking people and making an ass out of those around him, but he wasn't sitting there just, you know, with all that, he wasn't jibber jabbering at everybody and making, jokes at other people's expense so much as he was distracting people with pranks. I don't know. Yeah, well... I, I see Beverly, that as more of a cop movie than this. Beverly Hills Cop was also a, a revenge movie. Cause That's cause, true. Because his friend right. got And Eddie Murphy was okay. a cop as opposed yep. to a journalist. Yeah. So, okay. In yeah, this one, Fletch right. is literally just out for himself trying to solve... You know, so he can write the story. Well, and after a while, the stakes get higher because he's going to lose his job. His yeah. editor doesn't believe him. He's got to prove that he's right in order to not only save his life, but his entire livelihood. And he could be shot by a corrupt police officer. Yes, let's talk about yes. Uncle Phil. The chubby blue line. <laughs> oh. Jodon Baker. Yeah. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This movie, for all of you MST3K fans out well, there, this movie features my, 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 my Mitchell. Hold on, Jodon Baker and James Avery, aka Uncle Phil. Because I said, Oh, Uncle yeah, Phil, yeah, and Uncle then you Phil. Jodon Baker, we don't want people to think that they're the same person because they are very much. Well, yeah, because Jodon Baker was who was going to shoot him. He was, yeah. but uh, James Avery planted the coke on him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Police yeah. officer. Yeah. So, uh, wasn't Jodon Baker walking tall? Was yeah, he, was uh, he? Yeah, he was in the first one. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, then it was Schven or something. Some, some Bo Svensson. Bo Svensson. Bo Svensson. Well, I think actor. I think he was in something else we did. He might have been. Yeah, I think he yeah. was. But yeah, he was in the first Walking Tall. Right. Uh, do you know how many Walking Tall movies there are? There's like uh, seven. I was gonna say that <laughs> Walking Tall. The part Rock two. played. Oh, that's they rebooted right. it, yes. and he played it once, and then Kevin Sorbo played him twice. Got it. Got it. Um, so th- I think that the Walking Tall franchise is actually more long lived than Buford Pusser, who died at the age of like 32. What a name. Yeah. Well, that was him. Yeah. He was a, he was an ex wrestler who became a cop in Tennessee and cleaned up the town. True story. Okay. So, uh, but back to the movie for a second, uh, before we get to the stereotype of the girl not knowing anything about sports or how to play them. Uh, so Fletch discovers, uh, Due to the doctor not being super helpful, he goes undercover further to find that uh, Tim Matheson does not, Stanwick does not have bone cancer. And so now he's really got to discover why Matheson wants him to murder him. And uh, so what does he do but go to Matheson's tennis club and hit on his wife? Yes. Yeah. That sounds about right. First order of business in every case. And he never never takes his racket out of the case. No, he doesn't. (laughs) No. He's so good. He can just do it with the case on. Well, it's a classic 80s. You know, trope too, where he's at the uh, he's at the very expensive country club billing billing everything to some the asshole the Underhills <laughs> who, and it, it, it's great writing because there's a character that has no purpose in the movie whatsoever except to be an <laughs> asshole built, built that right. you that that Fletch gets to to stick the uh, the bill to. He sticks you know. the banana in his tailpipe, Yeah, as it were. Um, but no, in just these little throwaway <laughs> comments, I can believe that Chevy Chase ad-libbed a lot of it because it, when he's making up all these ridiculous names that he goes by uh, in conversation, uh, the girl, and I'm forgetting her name right now, it's on the list. Uh, Maddie, Maddie from Tombstone? Yeah. Yes. Dana Wheeler. Nicholson. I thought perhaps Jack yes, would go at her, but uh, it's a different Nicholson. I mean, he might still have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't he with everyone? I yes. mean, hell, he hit on me last Tuesday. But no, she tells Chevy Chase. Jade, now. you look great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but she tells Chevy you Chase. You are my number one a guy. You know. Uh, but she tells him, oh, that's a beautiful name. And he's like, oh, thanks. It's Scott Romanian. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, just, he throws out utter nonsense at everyone in his path. Yeah. And that's how he, because I don't know that he's the veritable comedian so much as everyone around him is just either stupid or wildly unobservant. Well, they're all foils. Everyone in the movie is a foil. Yeah. Except really for Chevy Chase. there for him to play off. Like, yeah. It, that's it. Um, and, and I do like the fact that the movie has a good way of letting Fletch suddenly like uh well particularly and we'll get to it at the end whenever he lays the trump card on the bad guy and it's just got everything. He's just got all the bases covered. He's figured out exactly how to thwart the plan and except except for Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Uh the chubby blue line shows up and, and screws everything <laughs> up. But uh but no but but Fletch it's almost like he's using the comedy to deflect people away and he's actually a really, really smart guy. And he's very good at his job. And I really like the fact that he's a popular investigative reporter who publishes under the name Jane, Jane Doe. Jane Doe, yes. yeah. So nobody knows who he is. Yep. That's 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 great. Well, that serves him in some ways, but not in others, because when he starts to get in trouble and then he has to claim who he is, he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm an investigative journalist. They're like, yeah, okay. Nobody can believe him because he goes by that pseudonym. So it's Erwin to- M. Fletch. Yeah. Don't call me Erwin. And then at the end, <laughs> oh Fletch, call me Irwin. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> well, you know, if you look at it, if he does first two initials in his last name, what is it? I'm Fletch. I am Fletch. Irwin M. Story. Fletch. Oh, oh, you okay. never yeah, that? yes. I, oh, yeah, uh, I thought you were no, just making no, fun of him. No, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. You were just sitting there with a blank stare. <laughs> That's good acting. <laughs> <laughs> acting is being. Thanks, it's Scotch Romanian. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I no, he's got a lot of little throwaway comments. For instance, he's on his way uh, to his apartment, and he's avoiding his wife or ex-wife, excuse me, <laughs> slash her attorney, he who is money. stalking him on his uh, fire escape. And he tells him <laughs> that he's like loitering and trespassing, and the lawyer comes back saying, "No, I'm neither loitering nor trespassing. I've simply chosen 
an advisable location to await my client's delinquent husband. And uh, I was just like, wow, I wish I could get my attorney to stalk people on that level. But yeah. Jason's just too lazy for it's, that. It's not, there's not enough money in it. But he pays his alimony and uh, the <laughs> the lawyer's a little surprised. He's like, oh, thanks, Fletcher. He goes, yeah, thanks. I saw my pimp today. <laughs> just like little throwaway comments that are so funny. And that's why I can't take the movie that seriously because it's like, he just skates through every situation. And yeah. he does his own stunts. Oh, yeah. Check that out. He, he's a regular that. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Now, did you recognize <laughs> Did you recognize Fletch's ex-wife's lawyer? No. There's another movie you've seen him in, and I think it'll probably, you'll go, oh, my oh, God. Absolutely. Well, I know the face. Do I just tell. don't remember. Spaceballs. The... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See? Right there. Yep. <laughs> it's just another one of those just great actors who... You know, put him in a movie, he's going to do fine. He's yep. going to play that character, and it's great. He's strawberry jam Chevy Chase on that fire escape. Yes. Or raspberry jam. I can never remember the flavor. Anyway, but yeah, so Chevy Chase, you come to find when he gets home, he's got this fantasy. and He loves the Lakers. He does Ooh. love the Lakers. Well, you see an allusion to it because he's wearing a Lakers jersey when he's wandering around on the beach doing his yeah. investigating into the drug uh, cartel or whatever the situation is there. But then he falls asleep and dreams that he has an afro and that he plays for the Lakers. It's a very random thing. Thank scene. God he didn't do blackface. Boy, he'd be paying for that today, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, there was actually another scene similar to that that was cut. And they, they actually did film him having a dream. And I, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a part of the dream that we see or if it was a, in a later part of the movie, but where he's playing for the Dodgers and he gets into a fight with Tommy Lasorda. Oh, and that's why later in the movie, when the chief of police has the picture of him with Tommy Lasorda, yes. that's why Fletch says, I hate Tommy Lasorda and punches him and well, punches the, the picture and breaks the glass. That's why. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wasn't there, was there an outtake somewhere about that? I, I don't I feel I've, as though I've seen that. Scene. It's probably it. Yeah. I'm maybe on the Blu-ray or something. Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the director's cut. Yeah. The director's got a Fletch. <laughs> The, I'm not the, sitting down for that. The, the four-hour-long four four uh, director's cut. It was a great vehicle for Chevy Chase, and I think I think this led to a lot of, you know, a lot of other things. In particular, it led to a sequel, Fletch Lives, mm-hmm. also based on a book. Um, did either of you see Fletch Lives? No. Negative. Okay, I just now right. saw Fletch. No, I haven't it, seen Fletch Lives. It's surprising because a lot of people kind of pan Fletch Lives because it's very different. It's okay. a whole different ball game. I I think it's really good. I actually there's a part of me that likes it a little bit more. Hey, so it's worth watching. Sequels are better. I love this random picture of the dog, like this huge poster. Oh, of, I know. Like a Mexican hairless sitting above his bed. It looks but, like a killer shrew. Is it, yeah. Oh, a shrew. And what's the coat long. rack back there? Who knows? It's I a bachelor know. pad. He's a, he's a bachelor. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so fun fact, we're about to go into his fantasy with the Afro. Uh, so apparently legendary Los Angeles Lakers play-by-play announcer Chuck Hearn lent his voice talents to the film because he's actually providing the narration for the dream where Fletch is playing for the Lakers. Yeah. And Kareem is in it, right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, Kareem Kareem he's still yeah. at hair. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, uh, he's bald in Airplane. Uh, he's, he's done so many, not even just cameos. He's played little, you know, just... Throw him in there, kind of roll. He's still. You see him every once in a while. Still, he was on yeah. New Girl. Yeah, yeah. You, you you see Kareem. He was on Scrubs. I've oh, seen, okay. seen him in a All lot right. of yeah. shows. He's yeah. yeah. Kareem has been in like almost everything. <laughs> and Chevy Chase is just getting mauled on the court. And he's biting. He's biting players. It's hilarious. That's well, who look at the time. Uh, it's coming up on uh, thirty minutes. Uh, so we need to take our break. We will be back in about one second. And we're back. So soon? Hi. So soon. Oh, my I hardly gosh. had a, a chance to go pee. I, I just had to do it right just, here. I soiled myself <laughs> right here in the seat. Thank God. Well, we're professionals. Smell. We're yeah. professionals. That's, that's right. Professional what? I don't now, know. Now, uh, during the break, though, uh, Adam, you were saying something uh, about the names. I just, I love uses. how he pulls all these names from films, from history. He was Harry S. Truman. Uh, Ted Nugent, a musician. Yeah, Ted Nugent. And then, you know, uh, who Igor are you? Stravinsky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Don Corleone. Yeah, Michael and Fredo and Mo Green, et cetera, et cetera. And then I found out something I did not know, Jake. Yeah, because that's actually relevant. Uh, we passed it already, but Stanwyck's mansion is actually the mansion from The Godfather. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that was his the exteriors. Looks, well, yeah, that's yeah. why it looks okay. familiar. Yeah. All right. And look, Pan Am. 
Oh. I know. I love Pan you know, Am. Do you know when Pan Am went out of business? I do. It was exactly. it was the two thousands. It still existed in the twenty first yeah. century. Yeah. Ah, it's so weird. Well, it was one terrorist attack that took them down. Yeah. You know, and that was it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and on that horrible, depressing note, um, <laughs> we're going to take a break. <laughs> no, oh, wait. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> we keep no more breaks. Through. You get no more breaks. Oh, do you remember when you can purchase a ticket <laughs> and find out who is flying? Oh, you could just thing? ask them. That was yeah. bizarre yeah. to me because you definitely can't do that anymore. No. Like, who's the but that's not a joke. That's literally what it was like. And you would buy no, a no. ticket. And guess what? Your name was not on that ticket. It was just a ticket. Yeah, if you, you just lost give it, it to somebody. Somebody else could take it and hop on the plane and yeah. go. Nowadays, you have to give a blood sample. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's right. Yeah, like it's miserable. A Stool plane. sample. Yeah. Wait, uh, which airline are you flying? <laughs> JetBlue. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> no, we don't need to know what the sample looked like. We need to know the airline. <laughs> it was Frontier Air. I've I've been on Frontier once. It was it was a trip. Yeah. It was it was a trip. Uh, JetBlue never again. That one's that's that's a no brainer. Um, there's a lot of things, though, that don't exist anymore, cannot happen in movies. Like you were saying with the airline, being able to just walk up to the counter and, and talk and say, hey, who's on this? You know, who's sitting next to me? What's their name? Right. Right. Delta's never going to tell you that today. Absolutely oh, no. not. Um, but another thing that I think we've lost is the telephone. Yeah. We've discussed this before yeah. uh, on Black Christmas, especially with the rotary phone. But what is well, the point just with just the phone? fact that it's a it's it was not a thing that you could take your phone out of your pocket and call your editor and tell him what was going on. You needed to go find a phone, right? Well, and right. that was it was helpful and not at the same time because Chevy Chase could have used you know the help at certain points of this movie, but it's actually awesome because he can just fall off the grid because there's nothing to track him with. Yeah. Because he, he would have to go to a payphone to get in touch with his editor. You're right, Jason. But at the same time, there's no cell phone to get a signal from. So right. if you could just it's not pinging on any uh, towers. Well, it reminds me of that uh, Donald Glover joke because he's like, oh, yeah, our entire village was destroyed. All the women were raped or like taken prisoner. And it's like, oh, my God, dude, what happened? It was nighttime. <laughs> well, back in 1985, it's like, oh, yeah, this really You're about slick. to see something they'll ne- you'll never ever see yeah. in the movie but, now. Yeah, smoking a but cigarette. with me for a second. Okay. Uh, it's the same concept with the 80s because it's like, oh, my God, Chevy Chase gave all these policemen and all these gangsters the slip? How? Uh, he went outside and drove away. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly That's right. all he that had was to it. do because <laughs> it was 1985. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it, it was a different world. It was a simpler time. Oh, much simpler. Much simpler. We have to explain that to like the kids these days. Like Kaylee will ask me, oh my gosh, I can't be without my phone. I get anxious without it. I was like, back in the 90s, we used to go outside and just Yeah, be it was outside. awesome. Yeah, we would be outside. We, you know, we had to be home at a certain time because otherwise that meant something was wrong unless you found the payphone, like you said, Jason, to yeah. call your mom and tell her that you were too far away and you're on your way home. Call me when you get there. Yeah, Call exactly. me when you that, get there. That was a huge thing. When I would come home every day from elementary school, I had to call my dad, and if he wasn't available, I had to let his secretary know right. that I was home. And that was just our system because no cell phones, no beepers, nothing. No. So And the long-distance call was expensive, so oh, yeah. oftentimes you would make a collect call, and they would not accept. Yeah. Oh, good. He's home safe. Yeah. Collect call from, I'm here, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Hang up. I'll see you in six months, Tim. (laughs) No, it was, yeah, it was a very different world. Um, And I think there's a dynamic shift as far as movies go, because, you know, you, you have a lot more freedom for characters to go just stick their nose in something. And, you know, it's plausible that you could break into a land office and find a deed Oh, yeah. Yep. That's completely believable. And even going back to the fact that he operates under a pseudonym, it'd be so easy to discover his real identity these days. There's no, oh, um, I've hid my identity from everyone. Yeah, there's no facial recognition. I go as Jane Doe in the newspaper, so nobody knows who I am. Oh, the internet would have figured out who he was. Yeah, 15 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, there was so much anonymity that you got from this lack of technology in the 80s to the point where, like you said, Jason, he could just break in and pretend to be a doctor and he's never going to get in trouble yeah. for that. No, and they'll never know who he was. Not only that, like they they just good naturedly assume, like they don't ask for any sort of credentials. They don't even ask his name. Yeah. They're just like, oh, you're dressed the right way. Come over here and help me with this procedure. It's just, and, 
and and there's a level of trust. And all the while, with the threat of nuclear war hanging over their heads, Ooh. which has been great. You know, it's funny because you know my my kid and, and his his peer group are like, oh my god, nuclear war. You know, like worried about nuclear war now for They're the first time the first in their lives. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Whereas I'm grow like, up like... with that. Literally spend every day of your life with. Flash. Yeah, a piece of your mind, you know, you hear something, you know, is it a tornado siren or is it a uh, an air raid warning? Because yeah. it could be both or either. Yeah, you know? I, there's a great joke about that on Scrubs where Zach Braff is like, I don't know, Elliot, it's something I've gotten used to. Kind of like the constant threat of terrorism. Like you just, there are certain things that your generation oh, yeah, remember gets terrorism? used to. Yeah. That was like six Anthrax. seasons ago. <laughs> remember that? That was yes. it. That was in the 2001, 2002 season. Well, what was you the know? joke I heard the other day where it's like, uh, I'm, I didn't realize that 2020 was going to be a trilogy. God, <laughs> like, cause it's just disaster yeah. after disaster after I, disaster. I, per- I personally think the COVID season was, was, pretty poorly written it was like the in second my opinion season. Oh, i didn't like any that. of the characters <laughs> yeah that, um, that plot point went on way too long yeah. and i wasn't invested in any of the characters yeah. you're totally right and Jason. then they just got lazy and it's they, like well, well how do we get ourselves out of this you know whole well let's have a war uh, you know come up with something original you so know lame i was hoping for aliens I mean, personally, I, oh, I, that's what, speaking of which, Mr. Brown came to play. <laughs> oh, oh, I was just going to Are they aliens or are they skeletons? They look like aliens to me. They're little aliens. I put little aliens on here and I was, I'm wearing a Fletch hat except I'm, gonna, I'm a fan of the Yankees. I'm going to commit a non-faux pas and touch your shirt because I'm female uh, and I'm allowed to do this. Seinfeld taught us that. Yes. Oh, they are a little. Some of them are winking. <laughs> oh, you don't want an alien to wink at you. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's that's. I'm like scared that, to look at his shirt. That's, now. That, that is the, the worst yeah. thing. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna scoot over here. Yeah. And, you know, no. you get taken on board the spaceship, and the alien goes, "You got pretty lips." Yeah. <laughs> it's Plant one those of those aliens. But so Chevy Chase, getting back to the movie, <laughs> tracks down Stanwick's family in Utah because he comes to find that. Uh, yeah, they they dump his, on Utah a lot. Be, because what we didn't mention, hindsighters, sorry, is that when Stanwick hires Chevy Chase to murder him, uh, you don't know if it's this Thursday or two Thursdays from now. It's just come and kill me on Thursday. They don't really specify which one. And check in on Foursquare when you get here. Yeah, and so Stanwick has this whole involved plot to get. Uh, Fletch out of the country. He says, yeah, I've got a plane ticket for you. There's going to be 50K in the safe along with my Smith and Wesson. Kill me Very with that. Very convincing. You know, try to kill me on the first shot if you can. <laughs> and like, they just sort of have a casual conversation about it. And he's like, yeah, I've got this in-depth plan to get you out of the country. You're going to go to Rio de Janeiro for a year. I'd recommend staying at least that long. And cool, common collected. But so Chevy Chase looks into where the ticket is uh, stopping off before Rio. And it's in Utah. Utah. Come to find Stanwick has people there. And not only, you know, a mother and father, but also another wife. Another wife. His first wife. Who has has ever heard of a bigamist from Utah? I don't know. It's It's a strange thing. I mean, it's so weird. Guys, like so random. Alien concept. How do you expect me to believe this? God. (laughs) Sorry, Mormons. (laughs) Which I, I love the Mormons. Been friends with many of them, so... You know, cap up your cap up your ink pots, okay? I'm 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 very wow. I'm friends I'm friends with the Mormons. Anyway, okay? yeah. So, uh, yeah, Chevy Fletch honors uh, the fact that Stanwick is in fact a Mormon with multiple wives, unbeknownst to his second wife, who sucks at basketball and tennis back in L.A. And she's got a terrible laudanum addiction. Yeah, <laughs> that's what? that's that's, that's, a, a that's an opiate yeah. uh, opiate oh, thing that she was right, addicted okay. to yeah. into the movie Tombstone. Same is actress. That, yeah, no, she is. You're right. But she sucks at tennis and sucks at what other sport? At everything. She, she doesn't know. She, she doesn't. Sucks, she sucks at tennis. She knows nothing about. Basketball. She literally doesn't like, understand the concept of basketball. Of dribbling. Dribbling like, doesn't. Yeah, because yeah, the whole thing is that uh, Fletch's idea of a romantic first date is to take a girl to a Lakers game because you want you know you get the feeling you never meet his ex wife but you get the feeling that they weren't compatible obviously because they're divorced and he just wants a girl to take to a basketball game that's right. all he wants it, he's a man of simple pleasures at but apparently she's not horrible at everything he makes some oh yeah comments yeah yeah about her she's prowess. good one on one yes. yeah. 
Hey, you know, you got to be good at something. At least it's not man on man. Um, <laughs> you can't just set up life or set up your life and someone else's because you're a hot girl. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, yeah, she can. Yeah, you can. Because that's exactly what she is. Um, but she's like, no, they're talking later. And she's like, why do they just like bounce the ball around? That seems kind of childish, doesn't it? <laughs> and he's like, well, that's actually called dribbling. Oh, and, uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Take your top off. You're <laughs> <Yeah>. um. <laughs> just having to explain the most basic rules of basketball to her because she doesn't really know anything about anything. The, she doesn't uh, have to. You know, you mentioned not seeing uh, Fletch's ex-wife. Yeah, and, you never and see her. You don't see her in the sequel also, but it's great because the lawyer uh, actually plays a little bit of a bigger part. He sort of bookends the sequel because the sequel, uh, the, the, the plot is that Fletch's aunt or great aunt or something dies and leaves him her mansion in Louisiana. And whenever he goes there, it's a complete dump. It's like people are dumping toxic waste there and all this other stuff. But it's great because he goes to Louisiana to escape the lawyer. And when he comes back, he tricks the lawyer into, um, in exchange for canceling the alimony, I'll give you the house that was left to me by my great aunt. Oh, wow. And it's a toxic waste dump that's worthless. Love it. Uh, so yeah, so that, that comes back in, um, in the second movie, which also the villain in the second movie is played by Arlie Ermey. Oh, okay. Yeah. He plays, he plays a televangelist. Gotta love that. Now, how does she regard his other wife? And it's typical of a jealous (laughs) woman. It so is. She's like, she looks like such a prostitute or such a whore or something like that. She looked perfectly legitimate to me. Could you love a woman like that? No, no. And for five, 10 minutes. (laughs) That's right. She's just, you know, <laughs> you know, and she doesn't love her husband. No, 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 no absolutely not. At all. not. No. I mean, she's somewhat they paint her as more faithful than she ends up being because she she does hit her boiling point, obviously, when she realizes that her husband's in on this drug deal with this cartel and the corrupt police force. She that's when she decides to cheat with Fletch is when she realizes that her husband is still married to some other lady. Because in the beginning, when Fletch is hitting on her, she's like, oh, are you, you know, trying to pick me up? And he's like, yeah, maybe. And she goes, well, if I had a nickel for every time one of my husband's flyboy friends tried to pick me up, I'd be a rich woman. And he's like, well, you're married to a rich no, man. No, you are a rich woman. Or you are a you rich are woman. A rich yeah. woman. <laughs> and she's like, exactly. Yeah. And just like saunters away from him. See, I would have followed that up and gone, now, wait a minute. So you're saying you do have a nickel for every <laughs> single time? Wait a minute. You're worth millions of dollars. Hang on. So I, I, need a, I need a calculator. Yeah. Well, no, she's not saying that she reciprocated no. just oh, okay. that she was hit on yes um Fair enough. many times now let's talk about uh Skater gummy Jesus. He's skating backwards a little <laughs> bit gummy and sam Aww. sam uh played by george went yeah from cheers yep. from cheers norm uh who was oh. who was also in a movie with chevy chase called man of the house uh <gasps> i forgot about that movie. jonathan taylor thomas no oh, man of the house. right yeah right. no it's J- it's that. jtt no, I know it was JTT. I know uh, me some JTT. Oh, I'm mixing it up with uh, that Man Tim Allen movie. House. No, the Tim Allen movie where it's like Jungle to Jungle where it's another kid making an ass of him except uh, his kid lived in the jungle. I don't know. Who cares? It was a 90s movie. And but I know what you're talking about. Gummy is play. Gummy is Larry Flash Jenkins. No, uh, I did not recognize that person. He, what has he done? Oh, jeez. Um, I'm looking up Man look, of the House. Give me two look seconds. that up and then look up. Larry Flash Jenkins, uh, who is no longer with us. Um, Larry Flash. Neither is George. Yeah, George Wentz is gone, too. He is, really? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure George oh, Wentz wow, is Oh, Larry gone. Flash Jenkins died in 2019. Yeah, uh, not, not long ago. Uh, it, it, okay, so I'm looking for bigger. So Bay City Blues. Oh, he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, he was one. Was he, he the guy like, do you have a dream? Or No, wait, no he was he was the <laughs> other guy. Remember when they stole the car? When the, the guy at the. Oh, the other uh, oh, parking attendant. Yeah, the other yes. parking that's attendant. What it was. Yeah, that's who he was. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the movie, the movie rounds back to the drug thing because the way the movie works is that um, the corrupt police officer, Stanwick, and the drugs all tie in together. Right. In the book, basically, the police officer was there. Um, you've got you've got stuff with the cops in the beginning of the book, and Fletch is a fugitive the rest of the book, and that's really the purpose of the cops. And that is is because Fletch has to do disguises and hide and all that. 
He can't just go out and be himself. Right. Well, at first, the yeah. police chief is trying to play it like he's not corrupt because he's like, oh, I've got cops everywhere on that beach, but Fletch already has the skinny on everything. So he gets down in the bottom of that pretty quickly. Uh, but how is Stanwick involved? I forget. Stanwick, uh, he's wrapped up. Is he in funding it? it? Well, because that's how they transport. He's, they he's transport drugs in his planes. Drugs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. Because uh, at and one the, point, the chief fronts him the money, and he goes to South America and buys the drugs. That's right. Because Fletch yeah. goes under uh, cover to be like an aircraft repairman or yeah. something. <laughs> that is funny. Bit. He's like, yeah, well, I need some ball bearings. Like, what the hell? You it's need all ball, ball bearings, bearings nowadays. <laughs> it's all ball bearings, man. But. Uh, He's like, oh, yeah, he's got enough fuel, and he's going to Utah. And they're like, yeah, but you got enough fuel to make it to South America. <laughs> specifically, oh, wow. specifically <laughs> South America. America. Yeah, as if they know where he's going. Yeah, it's- he's got enough fuel in here to fly to Medellin, <laughs> which is in Colombia, and is also known as a hotbed of cocaine production. He's flying to Djibouti. Here, look at my slides. <laughs> <laughs> now, was, so, were one of those mechanics from Blazing Saddles? I uh, he yeah, was one of the, uh, was one of the cowboys. Yeah, the, the 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 dumb one. Yeah, yeah. Throw yeah. out your hand, stick out your tush. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Grab yourself a bush or something. I can't. <laughs> I'm scooting away once again. <laughs> oh no, the crickets. <laughs> Look, I'm not saving you. <laughs> they both have similar beards in oh, this yeah. scene. See how I try to? Ch- oh shoot! I'm getting the evil eye. <laughs> it's the evil eye. Yes, I'm so evil. But. No, you are not. So the way the movie sort of wraps itself back around to the beginning to, to finish everything off. It reaches. It reaches. So the way it does a reach around. Yes, it does. Yes, it does a reach around. <laughs> it, it, um, you've got to, you, you have to wrap up the Stanwick wanting to murder him story. You've got to wrap up the cop, the Joe Don Baker story. Right. Um, and the beach story. Oh, yeah. Uh, which that gets dealt with by Fletch convincing Gummy and Sam to turn state to turn evidence. A, yeah state's evidence and it's really and he has like, to explain he that plays to it, one of them. he plays it against them against one another he said yeah. so and so turns state's evidence so well in a way it, they it, sung it, like canaries well, it helps them both because they're they're both kind of stuck in their roles yeah. of being on the beach and distributing the drugs and uh, Sam says oh yeah I don't even really get paid i just get free smack that's yeah, all right. i get in exchange and i'm just sort of trapped and the cop found some of the most destitute people on the street to trap in this scenario so that they can't talk out against him but uh fletch kind of relieves them because he's like no gummy's going to turn state's evidence and you should do the same yeah like, he's trying yeah. to encourage them so he can help them out of this uh vicious cycle so yeah now he's and then he should the have kept them mansion. apart he should have kept them apart after that so they couldn't talk to each other. But and it wouldn't have been. He's an investigative journalist. <clears throat> yeah, and it, it wouldn't have been as you know you wouldn't have had that good scene where he brings them both into the uh, to the newspaper where they're office. using the phone yeah, in the office yeah. and you don't have anything valuable in there, do you? <laughs> um, but he shows up to the mansion of Stanwix dressed very nicely in, in Stan, Stanwix suit, Stanwix clothes. Who puts him in that suit, gentlemen? This is very important because when he gets busted for Matty charging. Earp. Uh, because when he gets busted for charging to Underhill's account, because uh, he spends like $400 on lunch in one go. Which would be like probably about a grand, I'd say. Today. It would be, it would be now. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's $100,000 of caviar. But uh, so he does show up in Stanwick's suit, and that's how Stanwick finds out that uh, Fletch has been stooping his wife. Yeah, and Fletch walks into the uh, to the trap that Stanwick has set for him. And, On this, and the day of my own murder. Yeah, <laughs> and Fletch is in complete control, and it's great. <clears throat> no, he I is. Think he goes <clears throat> back and forth with him because there are moments where he. He stops and he's like, oh, oh my God, that guy's got a gun now. And he's pointing it right at me. You can see it on yeah, his face. Yeah, but he's got the letter in his pocket. And he knows as soon as I pull this letter. And the yeah. only the only thing that screws it up is that Joe Don Baker shows up. Right. It's his escape goat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and Fletch um, doesn't have to kill Stanwick because Joe Don Baker shows up and is quite cross with Stanwick. Mm-hmm. And, and, because uh, Stanwick's going to double cross the entire police force yeah. and make sure that uh, Joe Don winds up in prison himself. Yeah. And he's dressed just like Fletch was the day that they met because he's going to pose as Fletch after he murders Fletch. 
They've actually done a costume swap. He's yeah. in Fletch's clothes and Fletch is in his, but he's going to murder Fletch. And then as and this was a bit of a plot gap that I noticed. So in the beginning of the movie, when Stanwyck first solicits Fletch to murder him, thinking that he's just an everyday junkie on the beach, he's like, uh, so I would recommend that you get out of town, which we covered. But he's like, so you'll need a passport. You got a passport? He didn't confirm that. Yeah, he said, he yeah, I can a, dig one up. He had a lot riding on the yeah. fact that this guy he thought was a beach drug-addled bum that had is true. a passport. Okay, that's a good he point. He just assumed that. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, it's a weak spot in the plan. It is. And so uh, he's going to escape the country, supposedly as Fletch, and he's going to go pick up his first wife, who he apparently prefers, uh, and he's going to pick her up in Utah and then go to South America to Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the passport thing bugged me. I was like, yeah, you no, thought that's... a smack-addled beach junkie had a passport? That's a good. That's a very you good point. You better see yeah. it first before you pull the trigger. Right? Yeah. And yeah. That's you know, how it is in most transactions. And they could very easily, from the waist up, look yeah. just like each other. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> We're the same size yeah. from the waist up. <laughs> a um, dig at the end. Yeah. Jonah and Baker, though, he shows up and he's he's angry with Stanwick and he ends up shooting and killing Stanwick. Yes. Stanwick is now dealt with. Don't need to worry about him anymore, but we still have to worry about Jonah and Baker. And Fletch kills him or or takes him down in one of the more dumb Hollywood methods. That is yeah. one thing. It he, turns into an episode of Dallas for approximately a minute and a half. Well, he he turns on the gas. He yes. turns on the yes. gas logs, and, and then, of course, he's got his trusty Zippo, Zippo. which we see for yeah, the first for sure. time. It's it's just like it, in Shark Night, where there was no story built around this Zippo that becomes an incredibly port, important plot point, well, it's, because it saves the day. It's Chekhov's um, uh, cigarette lighter. The only reason that we had the scene with him smoking a cigarette was to establish that he had a cigarette lighter. That was okay, the only that, reason that was in there. You're right. That was more of yeah. an establishment than in Shark Night because that was yeah, Shark Night. Yeah, Shark Night was. It wasn't even yeah. like, oh, this was my dad's and Nom. It, nothing. Uh, no, they this, think Chekhov is the guy from Star Trek. Um, <laughs> if if we're lucky, we get a spot. We find us an away team. But uh, um, yeah, so you're right. There is just that one little moment where you do see him smoking, but it, yeah. they don't make a big deal out of the lighter. Yeah, but it just puts it in your head. That's yeah. true. You know, that it's yeah. there. But it, you b- what bothers me. journalist, yeah, Thank you. <laughs> but what bothers me about how Fletch kills Jodan Baker is that he turns on, he turns the key to the gas for the to the, the gas fireplace. You have to assume he, that the flume is clo- the flue is closed. Well, yeah. And you also, he lets it build up with gas for about two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. And in, and in two seconds, then he lights his cigarette lighter throws it and doesn't throw it anywhere near the gas. No, logs. just throws no, it in front. No, just in the general like vicinity of gas yeah. coming out. And, uh, this creates an explosion sufficient to knock <laughs> Jodon Baker on the ground where but, Fletch begins to grapple with him. But Jodon Baker gets the better of Fletch until well, he's got like 50 pounds on him. Yeah. So. But then what happens? The girl hits him with a tennis she racket. She hits him with a tennis racket. That's the one sport she's been <laughs> not, at. Yeah. Not that hard. Yeah, it's, she barely taps him on the shoulder. Knocks and Joe Don Baker coincidentally had one of his heart attacks at that moment. <laughs> it was a complete coincidence. <laughs> uh, well, and I think this was a bit of a, a trope, as, especially with you know the strong woman character. She's not really that character at all, but you had to have the female contribute something. You couldn't just have the damsel in distress figure anymore. She had to, oh, I hit you and distracted you so Fletch could save the day. Yay! Because like you said, she doesn't knock the police chief out or anything. She just sort of taps him on the head with the tennis racket, and then Fletch gets the gun, and the day is saved. Awesome. <laughs> He had, he had a glass skull, right? You just tap it, shatters. The amazing thing about Jodan Baker, though, is if you look at him, and he's not a very impressive actor, and, and Misty's around the world have gotten a lot of enjoyment watching uh, the, the terrible cop movie uh, Mitchell and the even terribler cop movie Final Justice. They that was did, quite the yeah, hop they, yeah. of getting shot. You got to love that when Stan <clears throat> just, like, blows backwards. Jodan Baker was in not one, but... Two James Bond, James Bond movies. movies. Oh, yes. He was he was the trusty helper who yeah. would bring the airplanes and things like that. Yeah, he he was a good guy in Goldeneye. Right. And he right. was a bad guy in Oh this is gonna kill me. Living Daylights. So he was in he was in a Timothy Dalton bond and he was in a Pierce Brosnan bond. Uh well yeah. done, Jodon Baker. You can do you know, <laughs> you know? the magic of Hollywood. Yeah. And there's a little love tap with the uh, 
No stuntman. No, no stuntman required for Joe Don Baker it's a right there. Tap on the shoulder. You probably didn't even notice. They had probably had to have an audio cue for him to fall. <laughs> oh my God, Joe Don Baker was in Cape Fear. <laughs> He's been in a lot. Cape fear. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing, doing Cape, Cape Fear. fear. <laughs> um, and then that was a Rick and Morty that you weren't paying attention oh. to. I'll watch it one day. Wow. And the movie wraps up in the way that good 80s movies end with the bad guys either dead or in jail. Yep. And the hero gets to have money, sex, a trip, and he tells his boss to go see go what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, does he get, he doesn't get money directly, but he gets the girl who supposedly yeah. gets yeah. the money. He's got money. Well, yeah, she, well, hold on, though, because another plot gap. Does she get the money if she's not his legal wife? Well, she was rich before. Remember, she had money. She had right. assets, but they all yeah. got tied up in his drug deal. So did that... F- uh, I'm, yeah, we don't worry uh, about yeah, that. Yeah. All right, fine. Uh, She's got the money. But but the little repartee at the end when they're walking repartee. out, it's, yeah. uh, it's quite funny because they're talking about basketball moves and like the... Yeah. Talk about the, like the, the, the back squash or something like that or the back jam. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I'll bet you have, you little vixen. <laughs> Pick a move, re- oh, reverse cowgirl. I was hoping to catch it, but I think I think we just missed the it. The coroner oh. declared Stanwick oh. dead yeah. or extremely sleepy. This, this, is, this is, I think, a very important uh, plot point uh, that has nothing to do with the plot. At the very end of the movie, uh, in the scene before they go to South America to live their vacation life, and in, in the words, scene the where they're fun. on the beach in South America, Fletch has a baseball cap on. Does. And the baseball cap uh, is a crew member's cap uh, from the Nostromo. Yes. Um, and it was worn by Harry Dean Stanton in the movie Alien. That yes. is awesome. And I just think that's the coolest just throwaway thing that, you know, oh, here, just use this hat. It's cool. You know, and like, how did Fletch get that? You have to think. What was the story? I need, uh, that's the movie that we need to make. Yeah. Well, there's your song. Well, Kevin Smith, um, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Smith was, he was signed on to direct a prequel to Fletch called Fletch one W O N. Okay. Okay. And I think it was, it was like Jason Mewes, not Jason Mewes. Um, Jason Mewes. I can't remember. No, not, not Jason Mewes. Um, he had somebody lined up to, to, to play Fletch. Ben Affleck. Well, the studio wanted Ben Affleck, but Ben Affleck was, well, hey, he had a choice between two movies. Okay, Batman here were Fletch. the options. Okay, so, well, here you go, yeah. yeah. Rumors have swirled around various additional sequels, prequels, reboots. The most famous is a prequel titled Fletch One to be directed by Kevin Smith while Ben Affleck, Brad Pitt, Will Smith, Jimmy Fallon, oh my God. and no. Adam Sandler have no. all been linked to the title role. The film never materialized. Thank God. Oh thank, boy. thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, baby Jesus. There may come a time when we as humans have evolved to a sufficient state where we can make a prequel to what was a pretty perfect set of movies, but we're not there yet. No. Okay, well then... No. We're not there yet. Then, get, you know, cast the prequel and don't say Chris Pratt. Oh, man, that's uh, Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell, well played. Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell... Absolutely. Uh, I think, oh my God. Now, yeah, Ty Burrell would be the perfect Irwin Fletcher. I'm trying to remember who that is. Modern Family. Oh, yeah. Modern the dad Family. from Modern Family. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I can Sarah Hyland's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Mr. Brown, who would you cast as Fletch? Oh, I w- who who is the guy, the Englishman who plays Superman that guy just popped in? Henry my Cable? Head. Henry Cable. Yeah, I'd say Henry Cable. I got, English Fletch. That'd be a more serious version of Fletch for how, sure. How about this? Joel McHale. Oh, yes. Well done. Joel well McHale. Played. And then, well played. then you got to get Alice Yo, he'd be perfect. in there somewhere. Yeah. He'd be perfect. He would absolutely. And, and how a cameo. I, yeah, with Chevy Chase. With Chevy yeah. Chase. Absolutely. All right, let's let's make that. Donald okay, Glover, yeah. Donald Glover could be gummy. <laughs> Donald, um, no, who would he be? Yeah, that's racist. Why he's got to be gummy? Because he'd be a good gummy. He'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Because he shares a certain quality. <laughs> no. Oh, he's painted her into a corner. He loves doing that. No, I I would see Allison Brie as like the the trophy wife. Uh, Gillian Jacobs would be Larry. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, Jim Rash would be hilarious. Oh. No. Jim Rash would be the editor. Oh, yeah, he he absolutely. Be great editor. Scene, With the beard. Every yeah. scene, he'd be like, oh, my God, you know, Fletch, you drive me up a wall. Bye. And, like, molest Joel McHale and then run out. <laughs> well, and also, <laughs> so it would great. be funny to have uh, Jim Rash playing a character who made fun of another character who was constantly putting costumes on. And Abe would you be know. the bad guy because he'd be like, oh, this is the part where the movie changes because I revealed this. And, like, he would just be sitting there revealing we, we plot gotta, points. Okay, so. Guys, <laughs> let, like, we stop right yeah. now and turn this off. Let's pitch this to Hollywood. Yeah, seriously. I think it's, it's going to work. A- actually, Ty Burrell would be good at Stanwick. Yes. So yes. you have Ty Burrell as Stanwick. Yes. Um, and Joel McHale as Fletch. And then Jodon Baker, who's a who's a kind of dumpy oh, um shit, uh Parks and Rec. Um Nick Offerman? Nick Offerman as Jodon Baker's character. Oh yes. Except I wish Nick Offerman would get facial hair again. I find him weird. He does hair. look strange. Yeah. Uh, well, wait till you see him like bleach blonde his hair. That's when he looks super strange. But no, I think, yeah, Nick Offerman, Joel McHale, uh, Ty Burrell. I'm trying uh, to think where Donald Glover would fit into this equation, actually. Not like, gummy. We'd have to put him. No, somewhere. not gummy. There aren't any. Abed? There aren't any well, other ongoing gonna, characters. I said Abed, Abed could, could be, be gummy. No, I thought Abed would be like uh, one of the bad guys, like the. Stanwick type of, type of guy in my world, and but maybe he Abed and Donald Glover could be corrupt cops together. I think that would be really funny. That would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, they would plant the drugs. Oh yes. <laughs> on Joel. Well, there you go. That's your movie. There yeah. you go. It's, we barely need to recast anything oh, yeah. in the community. And and, and the, we've even got Chevy as yeah. the anchor. Oh my god. Exactly. <sighs> that would just be that. That would be the the coolest thing. Why has no J. one thought of this yet? We've recast Community right. in so many different projects. <laughs> like, we did it with Wonder Boys. Now we've the, done it with Flint. They're the perfect ensemble. They're literally, there has never been a, a TV ensemble better than yeah, those guys. Yeah, because I'm trying to honestly think who I would cast as Fletch these days. Like, who's kind of dynamic enough for that? Oh, I mean, Ryan Reynolds seems like an obvious choice. Uh Especially with the ties to Animal House, because that could almost be like the grandchild of Animal House since Otter plays uh, dad in Van Wilder. <clears throat> yeah, I, I could see Ryan Reynolds. He well, plays too have, much, though. He gets too much. Yeah, you got to give other actors. Yeah, a break. I, I actually have sort of the Fine. same. No, I actually have sort of the same <laughs> feeling. Like, no, don't give another one to Ryan. Well, Let somebody said, else. That's play. an obvious choice. That's why I yeah. told you you couldn't have Chris Pratt. So I, I don't know. I don't think Chris Pratt could do it. Why not? I don't know. I, I, I need to go back and watch Parks and Rec. I've got too much post Parks and Rec Chris Pratt in my head to see him as Fletch. I think if I saw he's him as Andy, really, he's not like a rye kind of funny the way right. Fletch is so that's why I was like okay no Chris Pratt Ryan Reynolds too obvious a choice got it um I'm trying to think who else could do it in this day and, age. and I'm very proud of you by the way for not saying John Mulaney <laughs> well, yeah that's real that's that's personal growth on your part and I think it should be applauded should I tell him <laughs> that I've already made a John Mulaney reference yeah, I know you did <laughs> I know that but you didn't cast him as Fletch I never right. cast yeah. him as anything like other than you're a lover <laughs> he's all the rage these days he is god um alf to seinfeld for me it's going to be a straight five i'll tell yeah. you that right now me because, too i'm going to stick with five yeah i enjoyed it, it as a youth yeah a youth a youth a youth did you say youth youth and i enjoyed it as an adult <laughs> do you mean adult adult i think mr brown had a stroke so we're gonna have to go uh i also gave it a straight five first time ever seeing this movie I enjoyed it. It wasn't what I was expecting uh, because I honestly expected it to be more of a comedy. We were talking about this off camera, Jason, where I was just like, oh, a Chevy Chase movie where it just, you know, he had some funny lines and, you know, muddled people's attention with this throwaway and this throwaway. And, you know, he was funny at points, but like you said, it it was more of a serious movie than I was expecting. Yeah, it's, it's a detective story. But it was good. I just, I don't know what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. So I enjoyed it. So straight five. Excellent. Five right. plus five plus five divided by three, six point uh, two. Yeah, I think it's about six. Round up and then yeah. carry the. Carry the yeah. <laughs> Add the two. Yes. There goes right. my math. <laughs> that's part of the stroke. It's one of the symptoms. Of <laughs> oh, he's yeah, starting you, to you got a calculator. Again. Come on. <laughs> All right, Dar, take us home. Oh, we'll do. So, hindsighters, this has been a heck of a romp through uh, the 1980s. Thanks for joining us for your drive time, your listening time your Zippo lighter time, your uh, multiple wives time to investigate uh, a Fletch article time or a Jane Doe. 
article, I guess. But this has been Darth, Adam, and Jason with Hindsight. And good night. <laughs>